0: Have you your Bibles there? Turn to uh, Psalm 86. I've been spending quite a bit of time in the Psalms of late. Uh, always blessed by the words found in there, particularly of David. David was such a, you know, he. <laughs> David was a pretty bold man when you think to, to me. When I think about it, because he really reveals himself to. You know, to to everybody, the things that he felt, the things that he well, was going through, um, the way that he evidenced his closeness to God, the way that he was not bashful or ashamed to come to God with his with his needs and cares, it was always um, something encouraging to me. That the example that David made in uh, in in my life, in the, the examples that he had in his in his way that he ministered, and, and his love for the Lord has been wonderful for me. We're going to look at this, i are going to read this whole psalm, but we're going to particularly look at verse 16, and of that we're just going to look at one phrase from verse 16. The Bible says, according to God's word, Psalm 86, verse 1, Bow down, thine ear, O Lord, hear me for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. And I think that's a bit of a Messianic prophecy there, because we know that one day they will all, all nations will worship before the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, Where did I leave off? Uh, uh, Verse 11, teach me thy ways, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth, unite unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. David knew some down times, some serious times in his life when he was under deep, uh, deep trouble. He says, o, o God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, Have not set there, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Will turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thy handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast opened me and comforted me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. What a wonderful thing it is to be in your house tonight, Lord. What a wonderful thing to know that you're here in our midst and with us in this matter of worship as we open up your, uh, this, your psalm book and we look at this particular psalm that re- reveals some of the heart of your servant David <clears throat> these centuries and centuries ago <clears throat> but, how like <clears throat> but how like him we all are at times needy uh, anxious for you to work in our life to show yourself strong but also Lord uh, there's a petitions there that that David makes that we should all heed and, and ponder Lord that he was quick to come to you and that he sought your mercy again and again and again for what it afforded him in this life Humbly pray that you'd be with me now and be with us as we uh, set to this matter of worship. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. We'll look at particularly verse 16 and especially the phrase, Give thy strength unto thy servant. Um, so many times as I've been going through life and and uh, life's trials and good times and bad times. There's there's many times when I needed a bit of strengthening. And in times past, and even now, oftentimes I'm ashamed to say that that I have that tendency to try to figure things out myself. That I try to go it alone. That I know the way. And even though I always know that the Lord is there and He's and He's with me, certainly, oftentimes I've I've stepped out in I have not stepped out in the kind of faith that I should. <clears throat> and sought his and sought his face as David did. And when he was in trouble, he sought the Lord's strength. You know, and when he, he sets the, the the tone for this psalm in verse 1 where he says bow down thine ear O lord and hear me for i am poor and needy he recognized his his needs and he came to the one and asked god to be with him in this especially in this time um you know that he did go through multiple uh, uh troubles deep troubles in his life and and certainly um you know, he didn't always uh, show himself as strong for the Lord as he should have, but nevertheless, in, in this instance, it's something that he's seeking after, God's strength. And he turns to this one that could help him, and he begs God's mercy, and he, and he begs his, uh, his salvation. And I think that in, in verse 16, God gives David the key To living a a victorious life, or certainly the words that David uh, penned, they came from God Himself, and He wanted us to know. He wanted David to know and understand that God was always that He was always there with them, and to be careful to not step out on His own uh, as often as He should, as He sometimes did. You know, this was the man, you know, that slew Goliath that led armies that, uh, in battle, that became a king. You know, and, and the Bible talks about David's mighty men, and you've read some, some of the, 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 the valorous things that they did you know, uh, in their battles and in their, in their things. You know, One time David, he, he, requ- he was thinking about, boy, it's sure nice to have a drink of water from this well or something, and it was in enemy territory, and some of the boys took off and they went and got it. Well, it's because, in, in essence, too, they did know the heart of David and the character of David, and they, and they did love him. And uh, he was a man, though, that uh, he was not ashamed to humble himself before his God. Um, you know that this was interesting. I found interesting when I, when I studied this out, when he says, you know, um, Save the son of thine handmaid. I kind of wondered about that. You know, you know, I thought you might write servant there or something, but that term handmaid, it's it's a it's a parallel word with the same meaning as like the doulos, the bond slave, that's used in the, in the New Testament, and this this word ama in the in the Hebrew spoke of just that same thing, a female slave, and so he was. Uh, you know I don't know if you could get bend down any farther than perhaps the the lowliest of the servants in a in a house and uh, David said I'm like her I want to be like her I want to just be quiet and humble before you and, and serve you and you know certainly there's you know the Bible says that God desires a meek and a contrite heart and when, we're, and when we're like that, it seems to me in my own life that, that I'm getting, I get my, my spiritual ears are open, my spiritual eyes are more open. But I'm not thinking so much about myself, but I'm thinking more about the Lord. And certainly, though, know, there's all kinds of, of uh, different strengths. You know, the macho, you know, he-man strength, physical strength. And we all have a measure of that we need the physical strength just to be able to do our tasks and go through life but there's also uh, uh, strength of character like i said for for david i think that was something that caused uh, those around him to love him so much you remember jonathan and how that those two you know their their it was like their hearts beat together jonathan loved uh, David, with all his, with all his heart, because he knew that man for who he was and what he represented to him, and how, and, and he understood the relationship that David had with his God. You know, <clears throat> I think this is an awesome thing. You know, I try to write little, little verbs every now and then, and uh, but God gifted David with, a, with a pen. That was <laughs> it's just, it's just awesome to. to, to to consider because you know he ministered to, to people of that day as they sang these hymns and he still the, they still minister to us in the same way today because we still need in this case we still need that same kind of strengthening in our life body soul and spirit we are uh, assaulted with the things of the, the, the flesh the world the flesh and the devil Um some things we bring on to ourselves, and some things are a result of God's punishment, but they're always for our good. And you know the is the old principle that iron uh, sharpeneth iron. Well, sometimes God uses some of these things to to sharpen us up, to hone us to the point where we can be, you know, like that like that good blade that can be, it can do all the work that it is really meant to do in the best way. And so, you know, sometimes in my life, I think that um, I've left off too much, you know, trusting in the Lord's strength and too much of my own. And to, you know, in, in several cases, they were life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, not seeking the Lord's in the face in these things in those times of struggle and, and trusting on His, in His strengthening, Lord, I've, I've come to, before the Lord, I've come to sometimes some great great, great ruin. But you know, this matter of this, uh, strength of character, for instance, is something that we do have a bit of control over. And I think of the hymn, and I, I, like, I like singing that hymn, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight, things that are higher, things that are nobler, these uh, shall allure my sight. Thank you. There are some things that we can do, you know, to 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 build this kind of character, you know, that we can be all that we can be for the Lord, that we can be that kind of person that uh, can benefit from the Lord's presence and His strength in our life. We need to remember that number one, that God is strong and we are not, and if we want to be truly strong in God's eyes. We first must become weak, which seems which seems to be an oxymoron, but nevertheless it is the truth, because uh, God desires again that that calm, quiet, meek, surrendered kind of spirit that He can work in and work through. And I was <clears throat> I was reading some of the some of the uh, writings of Paul in chapter eleven of uh, of uh, first uh, second Corinthians. And it's it's just really an awesome chapter, you know. You're ushered into this this uh, place where where Paul is in he's in a he's having a a revelation to God, and he says he wasn't sure if he was actually in heaven or if he was still on earth and going through this, but it was just it was (laughs) mind-boggling, and and you know and he was you know he was set aside by that, and God was was speaking to him, and and uh, in in verses uh, seven through nine there um, you know well he Paul was 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 treasured with walking with the Lord through a lot of his early ministry you know, he spent time with the with the Lord alone in the desert where God taught him face to face and then he revealed himself in and he even saw him in heaven in this case but God didn't really come to him here in this time to give him an attaboy but he said um, Well, Paul speaks here from a time when he was receiving some advanced revelation from God, directly from God. And in verse 7, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to to buffet me. That word buffet, it means like to pound on something. He was going through something here, you know, and it was getting this attention. Sometimes God does that, you know. Sometimes you'll bring some things in there just to be like a, like a, a real, a special attention getter. Like Jesus in the, in the New Testament, oftentimes he said, verily, verily, verily. Well, sometimes he, needs to, he wants to get us to listen to that, verily, verily, verily. Because I have something here special for you. And then sometimes he'll take us aside by that, you know, when we sit down and listen and we be quiet and still. We, from, from the result of reading a, a, a verse or two of scripture, do you ever have God just just touch your heart in that time to know that special presence? And to know that time sometimes, even in a measure like that, sometimes He's given me the strength to go on and to meet a challenge that's that's before me that I didn't know how I was going to do it. But Lord is wonderful that way. He is merciful and He's his, the waterfalls of grace that he evidences to you and to me in our lives those of us that are saved uh are immeasurable as his very very self is infinite the things that you know god's mercy and his grace will never run out and you know and he you know his strength will never run out either you know he's an awesome god you know, I was considering one day about some of the, we were talking about what it would be like at the judgment seat of Christ and some of that like that. What it would be like to be in God's presence. You know, it came to me, there's going to be billions and billions of souls in heaven, besides all the angels. But you know, I believe that, that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if they chose to, they could minister personally to each and every one of those, those souls and each and every one of those angels if they desired to why because he's doing that right now with us here in this world that we have we have 24 7 365 access to the very presence of God and when we open up ourselves up to him when we learn to lean on those everlasting arms when we learn to to, to plug in to access God's strength, then we can, no great blessing. Anyway, it goes on here. Uh, He says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times that it might depart from me. And uh, I've been there, I guarantee you, I've been there more than a few times, and more than three times. But finally, you know, God said, shut up, this is it, go on. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. This is Paul talking now, that the power of Christ may rest in, upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong." And again, sometimes we would think that you talk to people in the world about meekness or or, uh, spiritual uh, humility, and they don't get it. Um, It's a me, me, me on top of the the throne of life. Uh, Everything comes before for them first and foremost. But God, you know, meekness is simply... Uh, strength under control and when God is in control he can use his strengths to work through us to help us to deal with the things that come in life that's what David was at bottom line here he was he had some stuff that was going on and bottom line he gets down here gets down to the end of this and he asks for God's mercy give me the strength to go on and he says I'm humbling myself I'm taking my hands off all this. I'm humbling myself before you, I'm, and, I, and he said, and he's expecting to hear from God in that matter. <clears throat> and you know, we were enlisted in the Lord's army from the moment in time that we're born into His forever family, and uh, <clears throat> and we don't take that as serious as we should. Uh, for the for the service person, their their service is their life rightfully so Uh, when they've enlisted into a task and they become a part of uh, the United States Army or the United States Air Force uh, you belong to them for the matter of service and they expect your conduct and uh, and and so on and demeanor to be exemplary but you know when he starts off and and to put on those that whole armor of God before he says, tells us about putting on the helmet of salvation, blessed pray life, righteousness, and so on, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You got that? So before we ever get out on that combat battlefield of, of, of life, remember that we have this, that spiritual armor. We have the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Be strong in the Lord. When we're stepping out on our own we you know it's like stepping off. it can be like stepping off this stage because I've done that sometimes too it fell on my face but when we step out in in for in the Lord for the Lord then we access that power that infinite power of Almighty God we forget that he is Almighty and when we access that power in our life he can work through us to get to, to bring blessing to our life and that God can get glory in that. And again, when he says I take pleasure in infirmities, wow, you know, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm probably the biggest whiner that there is in in this church. Maybe you don't see it, but there's times when I just I can't see the sense of it all sometimes. Oh, I'm going through what I'm going through. And I go to sit down and I talk to the Lord, and He says, this this is wise, son. I have something for you right now that I want you to understand. Sit down with me and we'll talk about this. And when I quiet down and I settle down, and the Lord touches me with that balm of Gilead, with that special touch, that special anointing, that I know His very presence. And I say, "Okay, okay, Father, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go on." I love Him so much; I can never give enough credit to the God of my salvation for always working in my life to bring uh, to bring wonderful things to come about. <clears throat> I'm going to read the commentary of of, uh, Albert Barnes. He comments on this portion of scripture because the opposite of humility is what? (laughs) That five-letter word pride. We've had a lot of teaching about it and rightfully so. You know what? Pride affects every aspect of our being, whether way, shape, or form. Body, soul, and spirit. Uh, we were susceptible to the vagaries of the flesh. We're susceptible to the to the wanderings of the mind. We're susceptible to leaving off the things of the spirit of God and and again, uh, stepping out on our own. And Barnes makes this uh, comment about Paul. And, and this, this, is a, this is a fit, it fits in with, with what was from 2 Corinthians here about this, what, what Paul saw and what, and what God spoke to him about. He <laughs> says, if Paul was in danger of spiritual pride, who is not? If it was not necessary for God to adopt some special measure to keep him humble... We are not to be surprised that the same thing should occur in other cases. And so, you know, Paul was, he was the greatest evangelist outside the Lord, I believe, that's ever walked the face of the earth. But God said, he was saying to Paul, beware of pride. You know, he started churches, he churches and churches, he saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of souls being one. He saw, he saw men raised up. And going into the field that they turned the world upside down, so the teaching and preaching that started with basically with with Jesus Christ and then continued through Paul and then the other apostles, and mainly those that worked with Paul, Silas and Barnabas and so on. And so, if there's anybody had as Barnes is talking about, if anybody had a reason to be proud of what was going on, it was Paul. <clears throat> okay. Um, so there is abundant reason to believe that Paul was was naturally a proud man. Well, when you when you read about him in the in the New Testament, he was he was a, a member of the Sanhedrin. He's on the fast track, probably for the to be the, the head of the, the Sanhedrin, the seventy. He had PhD knowledge of Scripture, and had been entrusted to him many you know the the persecution of Christians because he was he was he knew what he was doing and he went at it hard. Uh, he was by nature self-confident, trusting in his own talents and attainments, and eminently ambitious. When he became a Christian, therefore, God turned that around. <laughs> that's like, you know, f- through repentance and faith, repentance is a change of mind about sin and self that results in a change of life. And that's what it did for, for, for Saul's personality. He took that, that, that drive-and-go-forward, uh, uh, yeah, adventurous person, personality, and he made it it go in the same direction in service of him. But, But again, when he became a Christian, therefore, one of his besetting sins would be pride, as he had been particularly favored in his call to the apostleship, in his success as a preacher, in standing where he had been among the other apostles. And in the revelations imparted to him, there was also a peculiar danger that he would become self-confident. And so what God was doing there, he was nipping that in the bud. It never happened that we know in Paul's life. God nipped it in the bud by reminding him about some things. And it stuck with Paul. The thing with Paul is, I think, is unlike me and perhaps a lot of us, the first time that we get it, it doesn't stick. We have to go through and we have to take another lesson. We've got to take another lesson or another uh, example or something. We have to go through something else until we finally get to the position where, 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 uh, where God wants us before him. And then Barnes says, There is no danger that more constantly besets Christians and even eminent Christians than pride. There is no sin that is more subtle, insinuating, deceptive none that lurks more constantly around the heart and that finds a more ready entrance than pride. Now I've seen some people there was one young man that I knew from uh, uh, sat in my Sunday school class for for a number of years I'm not gonna name any names but I'll say this that that if, if Pride was was dollar bills. He'd been a millionaire, sometimes over. It was exemplified in his life and and in what happened in his life. Well, we don't have to be like that. And, and to to give the pride, to live with that kind of a spirit is a dangerous thing. Uh, God will never use. The individual to the to the degree that he could if we don't deal with that element of pride first. And so <clears throat> remembering that that we have this tripartite nature, body, soul, and spirit, we need to be prepared, body, soul, and spirit, to resist the things of the devil, the world, and those around us that would cause us to to err. And <clears throat> It's again important to remember that because the world and the flesh, especially the flesh, it, uh, it never leaves me alone. It never leaves me alone. I tell you what, I thought, I thought getting older and getting uh, somewhat more mature in, uh, in my Christian walk was going to make things a lot easier, but it didn't. You know the, the, the sin nature, the depraved nature, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's still there, and if if I'm not careful, you know it's just like the like the firefighters out in the in the in the, on the fire line. Well, you know if they're going along and if they turn around and they, they're taking care of the fire and nope, but, you know, they're, they're, the flames pop up back here, and you got to better go deal with it. It's going to turn into another conflagration well that's the way it works that's what it works with me and fortunately God is very merciful and God is very gracious to this old soul you know and I was reminded that you know Jesus said in John 14 verse 16 says, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever and we know that that comforter uh, the paracletos he was the one that walked along with his with his client or the person and we know that the lord jesus as our advocate <clears throat> he walks along with us and he's he's ever with us in those in the, every occasion in our life but i looked up that word comforter in webster's 1828 dictionary And it said this. One who supports and strengthens the mind in distress or danger. The comforter. One who supports and strengthens the mind in distress or danger. So at the same time as that paracletos, as that Holy Spirit is walking with us, to lead us, to guide us, he's also there to strengthen us, in those, especially in those times when we both need him, in the times of, of, of spiritual struggle and turmoil. The, uh, the commentator Paul Hovey said of that, said the word comforter, as applied to the Holy Spirit, needs to be translated by some vigorous term. He's saying this is something important. Literally means with strength. Jesus promised his followers that the strengthener would be with him forever. This promise is no lullaby for the faint hearted, it is a blood transfusion for the courageous living. You see, when we you know what do we really have to fear when we're walking in the footsteps of the Lord? What do we really have to fear when we're leaning on his everlasting arms, when we're when we're accessing his his strength to deal with the matters of life for now and on into eternity. And so that's why it was wise for David to, to uh, ask God for his strength in the time of trouble. And that's why it's, it's wise for us that instead of, you know, the, that, we w- that we would make it the first thing that we look to. When we when we're when we're uh, confronted with situations in our life, whether it's a, uh, you know whether it's persecution, whether it's illness, whether it's something physical, body, soul, or spirit, it seems like those things they all tend to come at come at once. And and we're, we're, we're the body, when it's hurting, when the emotional self is hurting, when the spiritual self is hurting, the whole the whole body, the whole organism is affected. But you know we don't we still we need to come to god and ask him for that strength in james chapter 4 verse 2 we're reminded you have not because you ask not you know and 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 that's why i i think it's important here this this little phrase in this verse to remember that and to and to use it Uh, you don't have to be in in you don't have to be facing trouble or or a a stressful situation just to come to God give me your strength to help to meet the needs of this day give me your wisdom that I can make the right decisions strengthen me with a resolve to be more than I I was yesterday for you Um, we can do that and it's all about the Lord it's not about us and in concluding this message we go back and look at those last verses of that psalm he says "O god the proud are risen against me and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set before set thee before them They haven't even thought about you but he says but but thou o lord art a god full of compassion and gracious compassion for who for the souls of men for you and for me for gracious Graciousness, the divine enablement that we can be about the Lord's work, and that we in that we can access His power and His strength to be about uh, the Lord's work. He says, "Oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give Thy strength unto Thy servant, that humble servant, that lowest of the low." But you know, God regards. We're all. Every soul is on the same level, playing field. Before God. We're all the same. And the Bible says, too, humble yourself in the sight of God and He'll lift you up. He says, Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because thou Lord hast hope in me and hath comforted me, hath strengthened me. So I'm just going to leave you with that, except that one verse. Um, Pastor's been teaching about love and joy, and uh, the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm-hmm. Joy of the Lord is your strength. If we're accessing the strength of Almighty God, we've got the best that we could ever have in dealing with the matters of the situations in our life. <clears throat> You think of some things in your own life that 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 you've been tested with, and uh, you know. The, think of the times when you when you sought the Lord's face and asked for His strength, as opposed to times when you stepped out and stepped out not in faith, but w- were walking uh, not by not by sight walking by uh, not by faith but by sight Mm -hmm. so it's a serious thing but it's a joyful thing too because God answers prayer and he's he's building uh, a, a church with church members with 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 individuals that he wants to be coming more and more conformed to the image of his son male and female works on ladies the same way there's an awesome ministry for each and every every man woman and child that's that's in God's family he's he wants everybody to be to know his presence and to know the blessing of obedience it's one of the recurring things recurring themes in the book of of Deuteronomy before the nation of Israel God said if i if if you if you obey me I'll bless you if you don't obey me I'll curse you well if you haven't obeyed the call to repent and believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior a curse uh, resides upon you and a curse is, is a it's like a calamity if you can call going to hell when you die a calamity nothing worse than going out of this world with your sin debt carrying you to the middle of this earth to pay your sin debt Forever and ever and ever, because your pride said no to the things of God. That your pride said, "I'll go my own way." And I will not come to God. I will not seek His strength. I will not. Touch, I will not obey His laws. I don't. I will not look at His face. Well, know that the Bible says that. Behold, your sin will will find you out. And There's many, many well-meaning people, well people that sit in the pews and go along through church, church life. A, there was another message that I was actually going to preach tonight about religion, what religion really is. <clears throat> the world doesn't know much about pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that if you haven't made the choice to believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior, and become a part of his forever family, you need to do it while well, there's time. Uh, the, the hourglass is ticking. You, only, you don't know if you have tomorrow. Why would any individual, when they have the, the, the most priceless gift available in all the earth, all the universe, the gift of forgiveness of sin and everlasting life, why would you not choose to accept that? and make that a permanent possession. Jesus paid it all on the cross, Calvary. Those souls in the fires of hell now are paying their sin debt that they incurred when they, when they told the first lie. The first time that they stole something. The first time that they dishonored their parents. They became liable before God. It's a serious thing. God, either you deal with sin in this life, or God is going to deal with you when you go into the next. The Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Make that choice even now. Believe on him. Know the forgiveness of sins. Receive that gift. You will carry it with you for all eternity. There's no, there's no person in heaven that's sorry they believed on Christ as their Savior, but there are potentially billions of souls in hell that wish they had one more chance to repent. But there's no, there's no opportunity, opportunity for that. It's a point of the man wants to die and then the judgment. Okay. That's all I've got for for this portion here. I guess we can go into the